Six Foot Plus, a program of spooky music and more, brought to you by Gravedigger's Local 16. Broadcasting from a secluded corner of the front office, found online at sixfootplus.com. Bonjour and guten tag, said the ugly American. Welcome to this episode of Six Foot Plus. I'm the reason that you get detained at Customs, the international incident known only as Strange Jason. It's our second annual local music showcase. 
Have your passports ready and be careful when opening the overhead compartments. You just might find Monster Matt Patterson. He's very stowable and he's packed in with another Monster Matt Minute. You won't make your transfer in Heathrow, so you'll have plenty of time to listen to the Metal Morgue as Dr. Gangreen talks with Stuart Feedback Andrews of the Rue Morgue podcast, Cinephobia, and The Mortuary. I enjoy listening to spooky music from other countries just to see how it translates through the filters of other cultures. While I might not understand what exactly they're saying, that don't bother me none. In fact, I don't understand a lot of English-speaking bands, to tell you the truth. Some music is universal and doesn't have any words to it at all, like Zombie Pipeline, which you heard open the show. That's by The Southern Beach Terror, a surf band from Indonesia. That was a wild find. How about some more international surf? Here now, Los Tiki Phantoms from Spain.
Uruguay's own Los Ultraman with Victimas de Elefa Tron Zoide Partetos. I didn't say that correctly, and I don't care. Ideally, I want to have an international zeal to every episode of Six Foot Plus. So, if you know of or are in a band who wants their music on this program, doesn't matter where you're from, write me at contact at sixfootplus.com. That's the number six, F-T-P-L-U-S dot com. Now, to Mexico with Telecrimen and Los Nocturnos. lovers of horror to come together and celebrate the importance of fear in film, art, literature, comics, and history, Monster Island Resort is the perfect online audio vacation spot. And now you too can do the Transylvania twist with a new segment of monster music hosted by Strange Jason of the great Six Foot Plus and Gravedigger's Local 16. If you love classic monsters, kaiju, science gone wrong, slashers and more then join your host miguel rodriguez on monster island resort the online radio show that goes bump in the night listen on monsterislandresort.org itunes or stitcher radio
is the ceremony of voodoo death, a ceremony that seeks the life of the woman who lives forever, who walks with the dead. Ended up in Italy by way of Spain, thanks to Haddonfield and Spanish Graveyard, followed by Dirty Danzig and Voodoo Death. Man, this itinerary is insane. So, where are we going now? I'm not entirely sure. The map in the guidebook doesn't list this country, but the signs over there they point to some place called Map. Sylvania? Oh, that means it's time for the Monster Map Minute. Ghoul Morning Maniacs! <laughs> yes, that's right, it is I, your fiend, yours truly, Monster Map Patterson and Maniacs. Get your passports because we are going abroad with foreign horror. Here we go. What Swedish horror film is about a vampiric poet? Robert Frostbitten! <laughs> and for your poetry buffs, here's a little extra. I hear that the vampire in it was well acquainted with the night. <laughs> oh, ouch! Woo! Alright, moving on, moving on, moving on. Come on, come on. What Paul Nashy film combines a satanic ceremony and the Three Stooges? Exorcismo! <laughs> Alright, enough of that. Yeah, scram, you numbskulls. And uh, finally, Maniacs, finally, finally. What Peter Jackson horror film had aliens rounding up surfers to fuel their intergalactic fast food corporation. Rad taste. <laughs> oh, 
see what we did today? I let you have it every which way possible. And look, maniacs, we stamped your passports with horror from foreign lands and jokes from a land only known as Pennsylvania. Goodbye for now, maniacs. <laughs> that was Monster Matt Patterson. You can get a copy of his book, Monster Matt's Bad Monster Jokes, Volume 1, from Westnet Books, and at various online retailers such as Amazon and Barnes and Noble. There's no place that will be safe. Nowhere in time and space. No mercy for the human race. Well, damned to the grave. On this day, the earth died. This graveyard earth, not yours. your sense of style dead? Bring it back to life with the twin power of VoodooSugar.com and VoodooPin.com. Stickers, bags, pins, tees, magnets, and more. High quality, low prices. That's two for one. VoodooSugar.com and VoodooPin.com. Cool swag for the living and the living dead.
pair of French bands. Secular Plague with The Breath of Eternity and Creepy Ghoul by Banani Metallic. You heard New Zealand's horror story before them with Death's Last Goodbye off of the new album This Graveyard Earth, which you could have gotten for free if you were a member of horror-punks.com. Head on over there now, register, and see if you can still get some free music. Be sure to follow and subscribe to Six Foot Plus on all those social networking sites. Facebook.com slash Six Foot Plus and at Six Foot Plus on Twitter. For Gravediggers Local 16, it's Facebook.com slash Gravediggers Local and at GDL16. I put up a question for the Six Foot Plus hotline over at the Facebook page. Where in the world would you go if you could? While nobody called in, we did get some responses online. Mary Reeves wanted to go to Scotland, and our ghoul Jen will someday go to South Africa. We actually have a band from South Africa called Eve Tornadoes. They're the first band from the entire continent of Africa to be played on Six Foot Plus, I think. I might be wrong. I don't know if the rockabilly, psychobilly, demented surf, or horror punk is taking to Africa, so please, write in and let me know. Here now from Tornado's the song Psycho. Shake it loose. Everybody's got a story still. Oh, I've got a story about the time in here. Well, I spent my time running, baby, now I can see. Yeah, I think I was running from the devil's in me. Came my way a little last I was living on the edge And only happened to the rest I found myself in the gutter In my only home I was my only friend And I didn't feel alone They said I'm psycho Do you know what I mean? I may be loco But I don't wear that devil's grin Yes, I shouted and I scratched and I screamed and I ran Well, it wasn't easy getting it from the devil, man Well, man, he only came my way and did a last I was living on the edge and only having a blast I found myself in the gutter and my only home I was my only friend and I didn't feel alone They said I'm a psycho Yeah, 
Just another psycho song by The Cremators, a band from Sweden. 
A bit of my lineage leads to Denmark, and thanks to the internet, you can trust the internet. The Danes and the Swedes don't get along, I hear. I'm not too sure. Well, anyway, I'm more cheese Danish than anything, so maybe if I buy the cremators a beer, we'll be pals. What do you think? Know how you can go to airports and see clocks in the wall, each set to a different time across the world. It's a rare occasion when they all sync up, and they do. That's when it's time for the metal morgue. Dr. Gangrene now talks with a man who is internationally known two times over, possibly three. The Canadian-UK man of murder and mystery, the one and only Stuart Feedback Andrews. This is the Metal Morgue, dissecting the best and worst horror movies and music that rock with your host, Dr. Gang Green. All right, Fright fans, Dr. Gang Green here. I have got from north of the border the one and only Stuart Feedback Andrews. How you doing, Stuart? I'm all right, sir. How are you? Doing quite well. Great to great to talk to you on this uh, Sunday afternoon here. Well, thank you for taking the time to pay attention to a yubba like myself. <laughs> of course. I'm a big fan of Rue Morgue, radio, magazine, podcast, all of the above. And once uh, Rue Morgue Radio went the, the way of the dinosaur, I was greatly distressed. Thought I'd give you a call and kind of you know, talk to you about what happened, how that all came about. Commiserate, etc. Exactly. Raise our well, glasses. Well, there was no really official explanation ever given. I think the closest explanation ever given was posted on the Rue Mortuary by the associate editor of Rue Morgue, Trevor Tominsky. And it's fairly obvious, basically, the magazine industry has hit a turbulent patch in the last few years, especially in terms of advertising money. And Rue Morgue has taken a number of measures to both curtail its operations and to be very wise and conservative with its expenditures. And as well, Rumorg is branching out into all sorts of other areas as well. So certain things had to be shaved off. And unfortunately, even though Rumorg Radio was you know, very popular with the fans and had a fan base, it had to go. Basically, Rumorg Radio reflected a time when I think the magazine industry and the horror industry surrounding magazines was more profitable, and Rumorg was just in a in an abundant period, you know, and and it expanded accordingly. How many years was Rumorg Radio on the air? It was going for like seven years. Yeah, you know, right. <laughs> Depending on what happens in the future, it might come back, but it's just one of those measures that had to be taken just to be sensible. And that's sort of where the Rumorg podcast comes in, because it's much cheaper, obviously, just to pay me to do my thing than it is to pay, like, five people to produce a whole show. That took 
an incredible amount of work to do Blue Morgue Radio, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of hands on deck, and it was a full week in production. You know, sure. I'd start with getting all my spoken word segments, and Lisa would do her thing, and other people would be doing stuff, and at some point, Toom had to, he'd spend about three or four days weaving it all together. Mm-hmm. So as soon as one show was done, we were almost immediately at work on the next one. Yeah. Sure. I know that Rod, who runs the magazine, he was fairly gutted because he was probably one of the biggest fans of the show. It was his baby. Him and Toom created that thing, and uh, I think it was very painful for them to see it go, actually. Yeah. And who knows, maybe it'll come back. Well, possibly. The one thing about about the Rue Morgue radio that I always wished I had more of was the interviews that you did with people that, and during the show, and that's exactly what we get more of now with the Rue Morgue podcast. So how did sort of that evolve? Because I know there was a time there where both were happening simultaneously. Exactly, yeah. And I want to mention, because recently somebody criticized the podcast and said that, you know, they preferred Rue Morgue radio. And it's like, well, here's the thing. The Rue Morgue podcast was never conceived as a replacement to Rumorg Radio. It was actually branched off as a simultaneous thing, and it's just that when Rumorg Radio went, it's still, I mean, it's still an expenditure to keep it going, but it's a much more cost-efficient one than keeping Rumorg Radio. So it's not a replacement. It's just, like you said, they were happening simultaneously. And Right, and it wasn't some underhanded survived. attempt on your part to undermine Tomb and to get your own show and, ha, 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 I'm going to do away with everyone. It's... No, it was. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Yeah. I, was trying oh, to, I was trying to say it politely, but no, you, you nailed it. That's, the truth comes out. That was out. the plan. And, of course, off, while both of these things were going on, you also, busy man that you are, are doing another show, another program, podcast, Cinephobia. Tell me about that. Ladies and gentlemen, this picture contains scenes which under no circumstances should be viewed by anyone with a heart condition or anyone who is easily upset. This so-called documentary footage is offensive, it is dishonest, and above all, it is inhuman. Well, that's good. I like to pity the old films now and again. Listen, I'm going out to make the greatest picture in the world, something that nobody's ever seen or heard of. I'm coming to get you. We're all in our private traps, clamped in them, and none of us can ever get out. You look to me like a gal with a big appetite for everything. I try to think big. Sometimes I get too difficult. It's a sign of insecurity, you know, like like when you knock down trees. Pretty well, little brother. Pretty well. All right, this is Feedback, and you're listening to Cinephobia Radio. Cinephobia is the online podcast for a show I was doing on a radio station called CKLN 88.1 FM, which has since gone belly up. and But the podcast remains. The problem is, since I've been doing the Rumorg podcast weekly and the whole scope of the show has increased, I really don't have that much time to do Cinephobia. Unless I really want to spend all my free time 
sitting there listening back to my own voice and believe me that's an agony <laughs> even even in the most sparing attempts to do that so i'd rather not do that all the time you know i got to point out like the Rumog podcast is 40% honest work, 60% labor of love. Mm-hmm. You know, I go above and beyond, I think, what was ever required of me or expected of me. I make epic long shows with loads of production values, tons of clips. Mm-hmm. I've been working on one show all week, you know, like two or three hours a night, adding clips to it, you know, tweaking things, re-editing it. One show. So it's an insane amount of work, and it really doesn't leave much left over for cinephobia, which is purely a labor of love, you know, right. unless there's some rich... Where are you in Nashville, right? I'm in Nashville, yeah. Yeah. Maybe if there's some rich, eccentric Nashville billionaires listening that would like to hear yeah, cinephobia I get a lot of week. those that watch my show. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to uh, connect with them if they're out there, okay. so get well, in touch. Go. You heard it here first. Uh, all you billionaires out there, contact uh, feedback. Yeah, man. Um, so it almost seems like xenophobia was uh, what what the podcast is now, you know, in a way, where you were be able to do your longer interviews and, and a labor of love and that, you know. Well, you know both. So you were listening to xenophobia, so you can hear, like, basically some of the approach to – Cinephobia I've applied to the podcast in terms mm-hmm. of all the clips and the long in-depth interviews and everything. Um, and, that, and that's the thing. Of course, Cinephobia was great because I could talk about anything. Like the philosophy with Cinephobia was to jump the shark with every episode. Yes. You know, like just when you think you know what the show is about, there's a whole show of Kayvon singing karaoke out of tune. <laughs> Kayvon. And I have to tell you, I am in love with Andrea Supersetti. She is fantastic on your show. You need to bring her back more often. I will. And you're not alone. I've been getting a lot of uh, comments about that particular individual. This is Andrea Subasati, author of When There's No More Room in Hell, and you're listening to the Room More Podcast. Sounds like you're using this interview to try to make some time with Ms. Subasati. I don't appreciate it. I feel like you're ta- I feel like you're taking advantage of me. Oh, no, I would never do such a thing. I think she's single, so you better get up to Toronto quick if you want. Well, at seeing that I'm not, uh, that probably won't. Oh, happen, but well, don't let your girlfriend listen then. Uh, wife, even more, even more. Wife, oh, divorce. Divorce. You're just thinking, oh my God, I'm in trouble. I am. That you've totally. Uh, oh, you got to put this. In, hey, you got to put this in the podcast. Your wife will know you are joking. Of course she would. Of course. You're being. Uh, you're giving props to an intelligent, smart, attractive woman in the horror community, and we need to do that because you know, I mean, there actually are a lot of them. So, but we need to take time to do that and celebrate the girls out there who are contributing because they get a. They get a rough go of it, especially when you got the likes of Fangoria telling the women in Horror Month to go and eat it. Well, you know, that's that whole subject right there is is interesting because I don't um, 
I, I agree with you. I want to celebrate women who who are in the horror industry who are doing a fantastic job out there, as well as the men that are doing a fantastic job. I haven't interviewed any women yet, although there are several that I want to get to. Um, I intentionally didn't during Women's Horror Month because I didn't want to say, well, how insulting is it if I call up someone and say, hey, I want to interview you for Women in Horror Month? Because then they go, well, he only wanted to talk to me because it's Women in Horror Month. You know what I'm saying? So it's mm -hmm. sort of this weird quandary. If, when I do interview someone, I almost want to do it outside of Women in Horror Month. For then them. do it that way. Yeah. You know, do it that way. And I think, you know, I've done a few Women in Horror Month shows, and I've had that same conversation with a couple of the people that I've interviewed. And it's almost before the interview I've said to them, listen, I'm not doing this just because it's Women in Horror Month. It's an interesting subject anyway. But the important thing is an opportunity to take time out and give attention to a section of the population in the horror community that are traditionally ignored and marginalized and sidelined. That's the whole point of it. You know, I actually I will tell you that I have a problem with many of the women <laughs> in the Women in Horror Month world now because they didn't speak out when that Fangoria piece was written. Right. Because they didn't want to lose favor with a high-profile horror media outlet. Mm -hmm. And that really kind of unnerved me. You know, I yeah. still believe in doing the programming, and I still believe in the issues. I was doing it way before Women in Horror Month. I was doing it on CKLN years ago. I think back in 2003, 2004, I had Yvonka Vukovic, who was then not even the editor of Rumorg magazine, I brought her in and we did a whole show on women in horror. And I did that show in March because I focused all my stuff around International Women's Day. Hmm. So I think I'm going to go back to that. Yeah, I'm going to do my stuff in March. Well, I don't like being tied down to any one thing at any one time anyway. So it kind of yeah. makes sense to, to do it when you feel it's right to do it. Yeah. You know. The point is to do it. Yeah. And that's the, the convenient thing about having a set time, though, is it's, oh, yeah, it's time to do it. Because guess what? If you didn't, you wouldn't be thinking, and you'd just be kind of falling into the whole run-of-the-mill habitual thing. And guess what? You wouldn't be doing those shows. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you one positive thing about the whole Fangoria thing, if there's any light at the end of the tunnel. One of the things I mentioned was the fact that have they ever had any female directors grace the cover of Fangoria. I made this point in order to illustrate the inequality that exists in the industry. And even though it wasn't consciously ever addressed, a couple of issues later, Debbie Rashan, mm. who's part of the Women in Horror Month uh, board of directors, by the way. Yeah. Debbie Rashan is on the cover, and it's a huge profile on here. Oh, I haven't read the piece but I think it was honestly a response, Fangoria saying, look, we are supportive of women in horror, and we're going to show you, we're just not, they're kind of, you know, the position is similar to yours. They just don't want to do it in February. Mm -hmm. The difference is they still haven't recognized officially that they think there is even an inequality, and that's a problem as well. Sure. But you know what? If the Debbie Rashan cover is the end result of all of that turmoil that went down, then I'm happy with the outcome. And I, you know, and I applaud Fangoria for doing that, actually. Yeah. And Debbie's another one. Uh, intelligent, smart. I've interviewed her several times. She's great. Great. Good. Kudos to them. Well, 
all right. Well, I tell you, um, anything else you want to talk about while, before we get off here? One last thing. Um, I want to plug the mortuary. Mm-hmm. Do you know about this? Mm-hmm. Basically, Rue Morgue used to have a message board community called the Rue Mortuary. And given the whole Facebook world and all that bullshit, they decided to get rid of it because it was really just tumbleweeds, you know. Mm-hmm. So, the, you know, but some of the hardcore fans were a little upset about it. So, me and my Cinephobia radio web designer and one of the fans who's a graphic designer, we stepped in, we took the database, we relaunched it as The Mortuary, www.the dash mortuary.com and we revitalized it we combined it with the cinephobia message board and the room mortuary so it's like a horror forum and there's an area for general film discussion and it completely came back to life surprisingly Mm -hmm. not necessarily all the people that were upset that they were pulling the plug on the room mortuary a whole new kind of influx it's changed the tone of, you know, like the, the, the membership has evolved into something slightly different. Sure. But we're doing a lot of work to kind of bring it back to life, and there's a lot of really interesting discussions, and there's a great, like, there's great features on there. There's a fella, Justin Victor, that does all these, like, upcoming DVD releases, and it, long before I took hold of this forum, I've always used his thread to know what was coming up. Hmm. He compiles all the news from all different sites and compiles it all together. It's brilliant, and there's tons of stuff like that. So I would urge any horror fans looking for greener pastures on the Internet in order to engage with like-minded horror souls, check out www.the-mortuary.com. Excellent. And one last thing before we go, this podcast was started... Uh, my my section to celebrate movies and music that have horror tie-ins. So, do you have a favorite movie that has a rock and roll or a metal tie-in? As soon as you said that, the movie that springs immediately to mind is a movie from 1973 called Psychomania. Psychomania. It was released in the U.S. as The Death Wheelers. Do you know about this movie? I do. They're showing it at a drive-in in Pennsylvania um, in September. And I'm seriously thinking about driving up to see it. Well, a, a few things about, like, the rock and roll music tie-in. First of all, it's just a, it's a badass, you know, I think maybe for modern audiences they'll think it's rather silly, but I saw it when I was a kid, and to me it was just totally anarchic, leather-clad motorbike zombie gang wreaking absolute hell and havoc on local villages. It's really over the top, but the music is fantastic. John Cameron did a great soundtrack, really kind of progressive rock, weird uh, weird soundtrack, but very inventive. And it sort of fed into the British culture. In fact, when Motorhead did their video for Kill by Death, Mm -hmm. they actually referenced Psychomania in the video by replaying some of the scenes. So there you go. That's my pick for rock and roll horror film. Psychomania from 1973, directed by Don Sharp, who passed away last year, I believe, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great one. I picked it up on DVD a couple of years back and um, really, like, really like it and look forward to seeing that one at the drive-in. 
Well, all right. Thanks again, Stuart. I appreciate your time. It's been fun talking to you about all this uh, good stuff. And keep up the good work on your, your podcast. The thing I, I meant to tell you is that I always enjoy about it is I recognize the amount of work you put into it. I like all the clips and drop-ins. makes it a thousand times more enjoyable. So kudos to you. Thank you, sir, for the compliments. Flattery is always uh, welcome. And uh, thank you for taking the time to let me rant and rave about all this stuff. I appreciate it. Anytime, man. You've got my number now. Just give me a call. Cheers. They were just ordinary troublemakers as long as they lived. But they returned from beyond the grave with superhuman powers, unleashing an unholy reign of terror that holds an entire community in the grip of psychomania. Psychomania. Everybody dies, don't they? But some come back. How do the dead come back, Mother? When you die, you've got to believe that you're going to come back. You can only die once. After that, nothing and nobody can harm you. Psychomania.
Off of their album Bilingual, we heard the song Clown. Definitely pick that one up. It might cost a little more to import the physical CD, if you can't find MP3s to download, but we need to broaden our horizons and show international support. We are all in this together, you know. Time now for the GDL 16 recap catching up on all that has gone down over at Gravediggers Local 16. A Handful of Dirt returned with a feature on Matthew Crowley, sideshow performer extraordinaire and overall interesting fellow. Weird John reviewed a full cast BBC audio drama of the classic story Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. I put up a review of the brand new album by The Evil Streaks titled Talk to the Dead. I also waxed philosophical on two events, Phantom Creep Theater and the Psychobilly Luau. Tuesday Etsy put the spotlight on the unique prints of Stay Gold Media and the stylish glassware and distinct puzzles of Donna Did It. Read up on all these and more over at Gravediggers Local 16, found online at gravediggerslocal.com. Well, every day I'm hunting for T-Bone and the Yachts, must be day after day. Together with the friends, they laugh at me, and I can 
Psychobilly Legends from the Netherlands, Batmobile, and Aardvark Blues. Come along now for Three Feet Deep, where we're headed to Japan. Not a single artist, but a single country this time around, Japan. It would be foolish to summarize the entire history of Japanese music and its rich horror culture in just three songs, so I won't. Before playing the next three selections, let me give respect to Jessica Japanabilly and her show, Japanorama, on realpunkradio.com. The links and videos she posted on her Japanese Psychobilly Facebook page provided a great selection of new and old bands to pick for this segment. It was from her that I found out about the Cyclops. You'll hear their song, Curse of Graveyard. You'll also hear Battle of Ninja Mans, Living Dead, and the Pac-Man, Chainsaw Rockin'.
Dream Queen Rain Brown, and you're listening to Six Foot Plus. Enjoy. Noticed the ads on Six Foot Plus as of late? Did you know that it costs these people absolutely nothing to advertise on this podcast? How much would it cost you to advertise? Absolutely nothing. It's a program that allows for some mutual assured promotion. If you want to advertise your product, service, or event on Six Foot Plus, send an email to contact at sixfootplus.com with the subject advertising. You can also check out all the details on the advertise on six foot plus section of sixfootplus.com. That's the number six, ftplus.com.
Thank you, Russia, for the coffin wheels and the song Leningrad Ghouls. Seems our international jaunt is at an end. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. Thank you for listening, and hopefully you picked up some nice souvenirs along the way and made a few new friends to write to once you get home. Once you do get home, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash sixfootplus and facebook.com slash gravediggerslocal, and on Twitter, at GDL16 and at sixfootplus. That's the number six, F-T-P-L-U-S. If you want to drop me a line, you're welcome to do so by writing to me at contact at sixfootplus.com. Let us end in scenic Portugal with surf maestro's Dr. Frankenstein. Enjoy the last bit of this little vacation, 666 days with Mr. Guitar. I remain your humble travel guide, Strange Jason. Until next time, get home safe.
Six Foot Plus, Episode 35, Local Music Showcase 2. Six Foot Plus is a GDL 16 production. All music, the shimmer of the The theme song, Carpe Noctum, performed by the Madeira. Havala, Ivan. Urban Graveyard Lounge music provided by Kava Khan. Mahalo. Additional music also by Kava Khan. Monster Matt Patterson appeared as himself. The Metal Morgue was produced by Dr. Gangreen. For track listing and links to all the bands, go to sixfootplus.com.